0: You know, sometimes there's more going on than we can currently see. And until we change our vantage point, we don't see what's available in a situation. Kind of get a big amen. And so today I'd like to share with you how I believe God's adjusting our vantage point in a couple of areas. So turn with me to James chapter 1. And we're going to go after this. And I'm going to read right in verse 1. James 1 verse 1. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for his, for his double, for double he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I'll go down to verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say, When he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Everyone say, No one. Going down to verse 19, it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, Father, I just thank you for your word, and Lord, we just, um, as we declare it, Lord, I just ask that, Lord, these seeds to be just so deep in our heart, planted so deep, and, and God, I just ask for the spirit of revelation and truth to be here, that, Lord, this would not just be information, but God, would begin to expand, um, that we would see you more clearly and uh, and, and come close, uh, face-to-face with you through this in a new way, in Jesus' mighty name. Someone say amen? Amen. amen. Okay, I, I just got... Uh, I got three quick things, ha, quick, ha, um, that we're gonna do, and so I always have the best of intentions up here, I promise. Uh, but I want to go after those with you. And one of the first things I just like to say is that you know things are not what they are; they're what they think we are. Things are rarely what we think what they are. Things are what we think they are, meaning this: that all of you right now have a perspective from where you're standing that is a basis of truth for what you perceive and what i you know and so oftentimes uh, to gain that conclusion of truth that we have from our current vantage point we use what we see and we compare it to what we've known in the past other situations other circumstances other relationships in our lives and You know, in this little video clip that I showed, you know, we had someone who was, you know, looked relatively small, someone who was much larger. And then all of a sudden the camera angle, the vantage point shifted and no longer were they compared as small and large, but they were they were more equal. They were more they were more the same. And so I I believe that God is wanting us to um, begin to ask him, what is it that's available for me to see differently If I'm willing to change my vantage point. You see, there's some of you that have disqualified certain situations in your life because of your current vantage point. There's some of you that have disqualified certain people in your life because of your vantage point. There's some of you in the room who don't believe that something's possible when it comes to the purpose in your life because of your vantage point. And how many know that when you're in the middle of something, it's easy for you to feel like it's the end? (laughs) Ha ha ha. You know, I, I love that, the message uh, that I gave in Easter, you know, last year about, you know, it's only Saturday. You know, Friday's got a holiday, Sunday's got a holiday, and Saturday's in the middle saying, what about me? You know, and how many know that if Jesus would have accepted Saturday as the end of the story, it would have just been another, another martyr. If Saturday being in the grave was the end of the story, he would have just been another person who gave their life for something they believed in. But how I mean, you know, many all the power of the story of the passion is in the resurrection? I mean, it's because he defeated death, hell, and the grave that we that we can now be victorious. And so, it's in that same instance that you know Jesus had to maintain his vantage point from heavenly places and not get distracted by where he was currently at. And uh, and so I'm just excited um, that he knew that Saturday wasn't the whole story. Look at your neighbor and say, you're in the middle of the story. You know, some of you are are in a situation and from your vantage point, not only does it feel like the end, but you're comparing it to other circumstances and compared to your past, this is where the end happened. And so you even are so convinced it's not just about what you feel. You're like, Drew, I'm not emotional. This is not an emotional conclusion. I have lived. I am older than you, Drew. I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Come on. Some of you have a story or a circumstance from 15 years ago. And your vantage point is from your past, and in your past, this is the end of your story, and in your heart, you've made a decision that you already know what the outcome is. But God's wanting to change your vantage point. The word I have for you today is that God has a new vantage point available for you. And how many know that to see differently, you've got to move your feet? You know, some of us in the room, we, we were like, we're excited for God to do something for us, and we're standing around waiting for it to happen. We're like, "Well, I sang that good father song. Isn't He supposed to do something now?" <laughs> How many of you think, "Well, that God gave us two feet"? How many of you think, "Well, God's given us a choice"? How many of you think, "Well, that God's given us grace, which is His ability to do some powerful things"? And so, I, I really believe that the Lord is bringing us into a place, and so. Um, I, I believe the, the, the outcomes of a new vantage point that God's bringing to us is really going to release over us a new steadiness. Someone say steadiness. You know, some of us in our, in, our, in our current circumstance, we're wondering what went wrong. We're wondering what we did wrong. Anyone ever done that before? What did I do? Oh, no. Anyone ever have ever, a blind spot and you get a revelation that you had a blind spot after it seems like everyone else already knew you had this blind spot? You know, it's like, why didn't you tell me? And uh, I don't know why I'm talking like that, like three times now, but it's happening. And I have a feeling it's going to happen again, just so you know. Um, so, you know, it's like we can come to this point where we just really believe that maybe we need to quit. It's like because we already know the end of the story. And, and, and some of us are in this position, and some of us just actually even believe, maybe God's trying to test me. You know, some of you have that conclusion right now, and your current vantage point, you're believing that God is wanting to test you. You know, and it's just amazing because in James chapter 1, if you go back to that passage um, and 1 and 2, it says, uh, verse 2 says, Count all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. How many of this is the testing of your faith, not the testing of your father? How many of this, we, we get to know our father, but there's a lot of things we don't know in faith. You see, when trials come, when situations come to us, it's not testing what you know, it's testing what you don't know. You know, sometimes it's testing you because you don't know what your capacity is. You might not be so confident about what God's spoken over your life. You know that you've read it. You know that you've heard it. You know that you wrote it down. But you don't know if you believe it yet. Anyone ever been there before? I got words that are like, oh, wow, I better not say that out loud. Let's just laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. I should be saying it out loud. We should all say it out loud. Amen. And, uh, and so, so it, it says here, less steadfastness, verse 4, less steadfastness have its full effect. That you may be perfect, complete, and lack and nothing. And I love verse 12 because it says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Everyone say, under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. All right, notice that the promise of the crown of life is not those who, who, who figured everything out. It's not to those who endured, you know, God beating them over the head. It's just that there's a crown of life for those that love. And how many know that when you fall in love, you begin to sacrifice at a level that you wouldn't normally sacrifice? There's a motivation in love that gets us to do things that are a little bit crazy. Like when you love somebody, you're willing to drive really far to be with them. Right? You know, I, I, you know, my wife and I, we, when we were dating, we, um, we were engaged long distance and And so my family, we had moved out of Michigan into Indiana, and we were planning a church. And so for nine months, Melissa and I were kind of doing the long-distance thing through our engagement. And, you know, there were some times where, you know, I mean, it was 300 miles. But, you know, that 300 miles didn't get in the way, if you know what I mean. I mean, I I can't even begin to tell you all the crazy stories. I mean, there'd be times I'd drive up to Michigan for a night. I just got to come up for a night for a couple of hours to see your face, baby. Oh... You know when 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 you're in love, I mean, it motivates you to want to spend money. Come on, you know. I mean, there there, there's some of you in the room, and you're just like stingy with your money. But when you saw her face, you gave a little away. You know what I mean? (laughs) Preach. Verse thirteen. Let no one say when he is tempted. I am tempted by God. You know, it's interesting. A lot of us believe we have a mixture in our theology about what it means to endure something versus being tempted with something. And I think more times than not, we're being tempted by something more than we're being really tested in a trial. And it gives us and it tells us here what what the result of the temptation is. And a lot of us think it's the devil. I'm being tempted by the devil. The devil's coming after me. Yeah. I mean I mean like we give the devil a lot of credit, you know, and and uh, you know and we're just funny people because we we feel like if everything isn't working out the way that we want to, that there has to be someone to blame. And uh, and so we, we turn into blaming the devil and and we go after it and and I just love here in verse 14 it says, "But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire." His own desire. And, and, you know, and so if a lot of preachers, when they get to this point, would now begin to say, now you need to deal with your desire. Because if you just deal with your desire, you won't be tempted. But I don't think that that's biblical. I don't think that your desire needs to go away. You do need to deal with it. But when they say deal with it, they mean get rid of it. How many know that God wants to give you the desires of your heart? So what it's about is about understanding that desires only met through God, not outside of God. Come on, somebody. You know, there's a lot of, and what that, what that really looks like is sometimes we're not steady and we want to jump ship. And the temptation isn't the result that we're going for. The temptation is what if I could do it faster in my own strength? This is the epitome of all sin. Sin is not necessarily an evil act. Sin is me believing that I can sustain who I am outside of God in my own strength. That's the epitome of all sin. We miss the mark when God isn't involved. You see, some of you, all of us, me included, we miss the mark when God is involved. And His grace covers it. Can I get a big amen? Amen. And my weakness, come on, He's he's strong. Can I get a big amen on that? And so there's something powerful about realizing that, you know, the process that God has us in is not about us figuring everything out and doing everything perfect. It's about really letting go and being consistent in our ability, our surrender to have a theme for the night, of saying, God, I need you in the midst of this so that I can carry forward what it is that you're asking me to do. And so there's an invitation in our vantage point to either get out of what I perceive as my own ability versus God's ability over me and through my life. And look at your neighbor real quick and say, God's got some ability for you. And so I believe one of the vantage points is happening right now, even for us as a house, is that we're coming into a reality of God's ability over us. You see, Gen 1, God wants to do something for us that we can never do for ourselves. Come on. I mean, church, there's something happening. There's something growing inside of us right now. We're being positioned for greatness. We're being positioned for growth. We're being positioned for influence. There's something bubbling up on the inside in our house right now. And I tell you what, we have to be mindful of God's ability to do something through us and not get too excited in the pace and say, well, I got to go do something outside of God. How many of you know there's a difference between a good idea and a God idea? Amen. And so even when it comes to like the city of Detroit, I've, you know, that's really been elevating in our environment and, uh, you know, and this hasn't this isn't like, you know, we didn't just pray about that the summer and then now we're on to the new thing. Come on, somebody. And uh, it's been a slow burn that's been happening inside. And, uh, and, and I'm just seeing that this is awakening inside of the hearts of our people. That's bigger than an event It's bigger. Than, it's actually a calling that God's bringing us into. And so there's a vantage point that God's elevating in and to where we can get out of just having a gathering for the sake of a gathering but to begin to really believe in the outcome that God says is available which is reformation of the institutions and the systems that are around us. (laughs) Come on, I want to have an encounter so I can be an encounter everywhere that I go. And so to to do that though, i got to begin to say, hey God, I'm not going to be distracted by what hasn't happened in this moment, but I'm going to change my vantage point because what I see is a dead end, and I'm going to look at this from a little bit of a different perspective. You know, it's interesting because God's been shifting my relationships. I've been working heavily behind the scenes, just gaining influence and, and meeting people and, and uh, meeting a bunch of different organizations that are working in Detroit. And I'm like, you know, and there's been a couple times now where I'm like, OK, God, is this it? This feels this feels good. And then all of a sudden it ends and it can be a little bit discouraging. But you guys, I'm not looking just for us to get busy. I'm looking for transformation that we can sustain. And so as a house, you know, God's got us in position, and he's wanting to change our vantage point so that we can see that we can finish some things and complete what, he, what it is that he has for us. And so part of this, this last thing I want to say about steadiness is that, we, that the result of it is perfect and complete and the revelation that we lack nothing. Look at your neighbor and say, you lack nothing. It's hard to say that and believe it if you're a victim, though. You see, it's easy in our emotions, you know, to say, hey, you know, this is difficult or I'm being tested or the devil's coming against me or this doesn't seem like it's going to work out. And I'd love to give you some wisdom right now. Rarely in our lives is the thing that we say yes to actually equal the thing that we think we said yes to. But God uses something that we would have faith for to get faith active in us so that this thing over here that we didn't see actually would get accomplished. You see, God's much more concerned with the yes on your life than the what you said yes to. You see, because God works with the substance of yes. You see, there's a lot of, you know, we, we've been, we, you know, we have this kind of this idea, this, this value in our hearts that God is, is more concerned with why we're doing what we're doing than what we're doing. For a lot of years, we, we, we prayed incomplete prayers like, you know, what am I supposed to do? thinking that we were puppets on strings, waiting for God to move us and to make us do specific things. But I tell you what, someone who's responsible, someone who knows how to manage their decisions, someone who's mature, someone who is a daughter or a son and not a slave, they're able to actually think like God, respond like their father, have his wisdom. And I tell you what, God's more concerned with the heart than the action. Can I get a big amen? Amen so what we're realizing is that there's a, there's a lot more freedom than we thought in the past to determine the what if we have the right motivation, which is heaven on earth. Why are we doing this? I want to see heaven on earth. Why are we wanting to reach out in Detroit? Because we want to destroy fatherless outcomes. Because when we see heaven everywhere, we want to bring heaven everywhere we see hell. And so there's just this passion that, and, and that's coming in our freedom, realizing that, you know what? If I get stuck because things are difficult and I take on a victim mentality, I won't prove out the work that God says is available in steadiness, which is to be perfected, to be completed, and to lack nothing. Look at your neighbor and once again say, you lack nothing. You see, a new vantage point is not a restart. It's an advantage to see more clearly and to know more convincingly. You see, some of you in the room are like, well, Drew, what do you mean? I I gotta do this thing again, or I gotta move my feet over here and I gotta start all over again? You know, shifting your vantage point isn't changing where your focus is, it's changing your perspective on the thing you've been focused on. And so it's not about a restart, it's about moving your feet so you can gain a better perspective. You know, right now, all of you can look at my laptop and what you see in front of you is a, is a you know, a, a metal casing and a, and a white Apple logo. But I see a screen with words on it. It's for sure true. And your vantage point that this is a solid screen, I see a digital image and text. You can't see it. And so only through your experience do you know what this is. But if we only had the information in front of us, we would have different conclusions. And so what's, what's happening is, is we're, 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 we're staying focused on the same thing. God's just shifting our vantage point so we can understand more clearly. But, you know, if you get distracted by feeling like you don't have the, the, uh, the opportunity or feeling like there's resistance, we can easily become a, a, a victim in that moment. And because of that, we can miss out on what it is that God has for us. And we can create the ending that we fear simply out of our unwillingness to shift our vantage point. There's a, there's a business term about, in, in every, every business as it grows, there's this idea of being willing to pivot, and, uh, and, and, and some of the concepts that's included in that is like, you know, if this concept can't get proved out, I just invested $100,000, what could I take with the substance I've created, with the, with the infrastructure I've created, with the money that I have invested, and how can I just slightly retool it for a slightly different outcome but still use the substance of what I've created? That's called a pivot. How can, I, how can I take this thing and just slightly reposition it for maybe a slightly different audience? And how many know that when you change, you know, one or two gre- degrees at the center of a path, and then you look at the end of the axis, that it changes the outcome dramatically? And so when we're talking about changing our vantage point, we're, it's, it's all about being flexible and saying, hey, God, what is it that, you, that, you can, that we can just slightly adjust so I can see differently or slightly reposition and, and, and reconnect? What can, I just, what can I use in front of me to continue to push this thing forward? And so I, I just really believe that there's a resilience that God's developing inside of us right now that we'd be willing to continue to go after the thing that God's put, um, put in us. And so someone say, I receive steadiness. Number two is, is I believe that theres there's a vantage point happening because we're willing to hear and do, say hear and do in James chapter one, we read about it, and you know and I, I really believe that our hearing is being impaired by emotional reactions there's a lot of emotional reactions that we're surrounded by in society right now there's, there's emotional reactions to to uh, to politics there's emotional reactions to uh, to um uh, fear-based situations, things that catalyze fear. You know, um, there's, 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 you know, there's weird things happening in the earth, and so it's just really easy for us in society to catastrophize right now. You know, and the only way that you have faith is by what? Faith comes by hearing, and so sometimes if we are emotionally charged, we don't hear so well. You know, sometimes. Wives, when you talk to your husbands, they don't hear so well. Come on. Husbands, sometimes when you're talking to your wives, they don't hear so well. Amen, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) You're acting just like your mother. What do you mean I'm acting like my mother? I didn't say you're acting like your mother. I said you're acting like your brother. No, you said my mother. No, I said brother. I think, I think there's just a miscommunication here. <laughs> Haven't you ever been in a situation where you know you heard something and that person absolutely believes they said something different? We've all been there? So how many know that if you hear incompletely, the actions that happen after that incomplete moment will not reflect something that you're very proud of? You know, I mean, like, I don't need to encourage our church to do. We're full of a house of doers, but I would like to propose that there's an upgrade in our ability to interpret what it is we're supposed to do. If we can get a little bit of our emotions out and really listen with a clear mind of what it is that God has to say. You see, some of you are wondering if, if, if your business is going to be okay. Some of you in the room are wondering if your marriage is going to be okay. Some of you are wondering if your child is going to make it. Some of you are wondering if your finances are, are going to come through. And I tell you what, it wants to, to build up a lot of stuff. And I tell you what, we're, we're feeling a certain way because we're maintaining a single vantage point. And I tell you what, God's wanting to say, hey, why don't you come over here and change your vantage point and see that I have I have all of you in the palm of my hand. Why don't you come over here to a new vantage point and I'll show you a new key to your husband's heart. Why don't you come over here and take on a new vantage point and I'll show you where there's some new inheritance and some customers available in your business. Come on, somebody. I say when you stop and you move your feet, when you stop having that experience and say, God, I want to see this from a different perspective. God's willing to release something over you that will bring great clarity. I tell you what, there's an upgrade in shifting our vantage point. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to move your feet. You know, it's funny because when you get a prophetic word, anyone ever get that really, like, gaudy, amazing prophetic word? And, like, and, and they say this really radical thing in, like, the third sentence, and then you forget the next ten sentences because you heard the thing you really liked? Anyone ever been there before? Yeah, or it can go the opposite way as well. You know, someone says something you don't agree with. You know, and I mean, this is like a a pretty good word that just kind of mishapped one little piece. And all of a sudden, you're like rejecting the whole word you're mad. Well, I'm just wasting my time. Why did I even let this person prophesy over me? And we're like, we're not listening and paying attention. How many know that if you're not listening, you can't gain faith? Sometimes our emotions can get in the way. And so what's happening is, is we're translating the, you know, we're translating Only the things that we've heard, which is a a limited version, which means the doing of our life can become incomplete. And so we need to hear, begin to have faith, and then begin to do by faith. And so I just release over you that a season of clarity is coming, that you begin to have the, the, the courage to move your feet and to change your vantage point. And I declare over you that there's just a quick pivot, just a slight adjustment that's needed that's going to bring breakthrough in, in the things that you're going after. There's an upgrade that's coming over our house, church. I prophesy over it, and, and I tell you what, I can prophesy because I'm going through it right now. I'm getting upgraded right now, you guys. I'm just like every, everything in my life, I'm getting upgraded. Like God's just giving me courage to engage on things. He's giving me clarity on things. And I tell you what, I'm not the same person that I was a year ago. It's just very obvious. It's like the Lord is like doing something for me as I've been willing to surrender to him and go through a process and steadiness. I'm seeing God bring things over me and hearing and doing and listening clearly. I take one of my challenges as a visionary is I'll like I'll listen to something and I'll get real excited and I'll listen to three out of the four instructions and then I'll go. Because <laughs> I get excited. I'm a ground gainer. I like gaining new ground. You know, some of you have the gift of holding ground. Bless you in that. I need you in my life. Come on. I mean, I love getting outside the walls. I love gaining new ground. I love taking new territory. I love being a pioneer. I got that Christopher Columbus thing going on. I mean, put me on a ship. Let's boldly go where no man has gone before. I mean, I'm in. I'm in. And so, you know, but, you know, I have to temper that. Constantly to make sure that I'm hearing completely so that when I do, because I am a doer, but when I do, I want to do it in, in a way that really reflects the heart of God so they have faith for the same thing that God has faith for. Some of us, because we've been so emotionally charged at what we've heard, we don't actually have faith for the thing that God has faith for, and so it gets mispositioned and releases a limited outcome than what it is that God's, versus God's best for our life. And so it's time for us to revisit things. It's time for you to revisit the things that God's spoken to you. I really believe that when you go back and you revisit, there's going to be clarity. There's going to be nuggets. There's going to be things that God said that you may even have documented, but you just never saw because of your your vantage point of when you received that word. And I I would like to propose to you that God's given you more um, clarity and he's given you more understanding than you know is available. And so I really believe that as we change our vantage point, um, that uh, that there's going to be a clarity that comes and we're going to hear and do like never before. And the last thing that I have for you is just this idea of wisdom. And I really believe that, um, you know, it says there in verse five, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind says he's unstable in all his ways. And so I I really believe that there's, you know, some of us have been in situations and you think that you're in the situation that you're in because you deserve it. And I just release that right now in the room. I break that off. Just because a situation has a reason doesn't mean it has a right. That one feels good every time I say it. Just because it has a reason doesn't mean it has a Right? Anything that is not God's has no authority in your life unless you've given it authority. Come on, somebody. Brother, you're talking about creativity. You guys know that, you know, the enemy doesn't create anything. It's impossible for the enemy to create. Only God can create things. So the enemy can only pervert things, meaning misposition or misuse things that already are. And so when we encounter the enemy's tactics, we're not, we're, we're not partnering in with a brand new thing. We're partnering in with the perversion of something that God intended to use for good. And so the only authority that the thing has in our lives is the authority that we give it. And so God's just inviting us into this moment where we would begin to ask for his wisdom. And, and I really believe that there, there's wisdom that's about to pour over our house. And specifically, I even believe that there's revelation that's about to come over us in a really significant way. And, and I think it's interesting that right now we've got, you know, for sure three authors in the room that are working on books aggressively. Um, you know, they're, they're I mean, they're in it. They're, it's not just an outline, like they're in it. They're, this is going to happen. And uh, there may be more in the room that I'm not aware of. But I, I believe that this is a, that it's a sign of of the spirit of revelation that's being poured out into our house where we're going to begin to celebrate what what it is that God wants us to know. What it is that he wants us to release outside. And so the Lord um, was sharing with me to. To begin to get ready for an encounter of revelation. And that there's going to be a second wave of worship that comes into our house because of our willingness to gain new revelation on who God is and what he wants to speak into us. And so I, I, just, I really see that there's a lot of strength about to come. That we've been, we've been you know, digging foundation and I just feel like there's a, there's a deepening in our foundation that's about to come in revelation of who God is. It's going to be found in community, it's going to be found in the scriptures, and it's going to be found... In um, uh, our, our union with the Lord, um, and, and I really believe that it's going to be like surefire stuff. Meaning, this some people just get something in the Bible and they get excited about it and then they talk about it. There's other people get in their prayer closet, they hear something they get excited about, it, then they talk about it. There's some people just have a conversation with a friend, and they hear something from the Lord and they get excited about it, then they continue to talk about it. But I want to have revelation from the Lord that that is is of a threefold cord, if you will. I want the the mouth of not two. I want three. I want to see it in the word. I want to hear it from the Lord. And I want to witness in the community that I'm with that the things that we release truly are rooted and grounded with so much strength that they would withstand the winds, that they would withstand the trials, that they would withstand the seasons, and that would remain in the way that the Lord had intended it to. Can I get a big amen on that? I said, church, is revelation. When revelation comes, it's available at that depth. And I'm unwilling to settle for revelation that's, that's, that I'm not willing to prove. Come on, somebody. Let's prove it. Let's test it. Let's go after it. You know, there's a difference between information and knowledge. And the difference is this. Information is what, has, has, is what exists through a perspective. Knowledge is that information applied. And, and the church for a long time has been communicating a lot of information and trying, trying to call it revelation. But I would propose to you that revelation can never really be true revelation for a community unless it's been tested and applied within that community. It's like we can talk about the culture of honor and that can be information. Or we can live out a, a culture of honor and it can become knowledge. But it costs you something, doesn't it? It costs you that steadiness. It costs you that, that that need to continue to engage. It costs you that the willingness to get your emotions out of the way and not just to be a hearer, but to be a doer as well, right? And so I, I really believe that what's happening in this vantage point is that we're gonna see our steadiness increase and coming in and, and the shift in the vantage point, we're gonna begin to do more efficiently because you're gonna hear more clearly. When you hear more clearly, you do more efficiently. All right, and then this third thing is I believe there's a gift of wisdom being re- released over us and and it's being released over us when we ask. And I, and I would just I would just like to encourage you right now that if you're in a situation and you feel stuck, that, that there's a that there's a wisdom available to you right now if you just simply ask. And I don't mean to make it so simple, but I just feel like it is. And if we we just got to test it. Like if I need wisdom, I got to ask for it. Tony has given his whole life to ask for wisdom. And you know what? He has it. He has it. Brother, you are a pillar of wisdom. Wisdom just pours out of you on accident. Like everywhere that you go. It's just what you are. And it's just so amazing. When anyone dips in this well, they're always refreshed with with, with a different vantage point because of the gift of wisdom that's in your life. Come on, somebody. You get what you ask for. Some of you have been asking the Lord for other things, and you have it. Praise God. We celebrate that. But if you need some wisdom, ask for that too, because we need that as well. Kind of get a big amen. I said, why don't we all just stand up? Is this all right? I feel like there's just a major upgrade coming for us. I would encourage you to read the book of James. I feel like God's going to highlight the book of James in this coming season. I believe that there, there is a capacity within the book of James. I, I believe it's a, a themed book for us. I've been feeling that prophetically for a little while. And, uh, and so um, I just uh, just I encourage you in that. And so right now, if, if you really believe that, that you're ready to shift your vantage point, if you're a person that's in the room and, and you feel stuck in your current situation, you have a trial that you're going through and, and your feelings want to tell you that it's the end of the story, if you're in a situation like that, I just want you to lift your hands to the Lord. If you know that you're ready for a new vantage point, you just, you know, some of you, like I said, were feeling like you had to quit or that something needed to end in your life. And uh, and, and, and so if it's healthy, but just not performing, I, I declare over to you that it's time just to make a pivot. It's just time to pivot. And and, and, a, and a pivot is, you know, just moving one foot. All right. You're just going to change your vantage point. And and basketball, we pivot all the time. We hold one foot to the ground and we we pivot. We just move all the way around. And so I I just release courage into the room right now in Jesus' mighty name. That, Lord, we would not just deconstruct the things that we've done in faith, but that, Lord, we would encourage, have the faith to pick up a foot and to pivot. Father, we just pivot right now in Jesus mighty name. We get out of our current vantage point and we take on a new vantage point. I just release steadiness into the room. Steadiness into the room. Steadiness into the room that you would persevere, that you would not grow weary, that you would not grow faint, that you would not the emotion, the lie of the enemy come over you and try to rip you from the thing that God has you going after. I declare courage right now um, to go after, to continue to be steady in Jesus mighty today. I release over you right now clarity and, and efficiency in the things that God's asking you to do. I declare um, the, the capacity to know in your hearing and as you hear and as you listen again and as you play, black, play back that you're going to know with greater clarity what it is you're supposed to do. So Father, I just release that courage right now into the room in Jesus mighty name that we would be people who have such clarity and such focus i release it into the room right now we just i eliminate distractions father i just i eliminate even right now ishmael projects in our lives Ishmael projects in our lives, things that started with a promise, but were birthed out of the wrong room because it was the wrong season and the wrong source. It's the right word. It's the wrong season and the wrong wrong source. And so I just breathe, breathe over us, Lord, courage to stop doing some things that we're doing, that we'd have courage to say no and that our no would become a powerful yes to Isaac. Some of you are scared to say no to some things in your life, but you don't realize that your yes to Ishmael is a no to Isaac. And so I just release courage into the room right now to reverse that. We say no to Ishmael situations. We say no to Ishmael relationships. We say no to Ishmael projects in our lives. And we say yes to Isaac in Jesus' name. Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you, Lord, for wisdom that's in the room. Lord, your word says if we would ask for wisdom that we would receive it. And so, Father, right now, we just ask for wisdom. Come on, we're all over this room. Come on, just ask for it. Just ask for it. Lord, we long for your wisdom. We long for your wisdom. We long for your wisdom, Lord, as we take a new vantage point. Lord, we long for your wisdom and clarity. Father, we long for your, for your wisdom, Lord, to know how to rightly divide things. Lord, we just ask um, for your perspective to come over us. That, Lord, we would embrace, Lord, not the and or, but the both and of heaven and release that right now in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Someone say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. And uh, how many are ready to take on a new vantage point? Come on, before we go, I wanna illustrate this real quick. You know, anyone play basketball? Okay, and basketball, here's the rules. When you catch the ball, you can dribble, but if you pick up the ball, you can't move anymore, with the exception of a pivot. And a pivot is this, it's when one foot is stationary and the other one moves around. And as you change your pivot, it opens up ways to get the ball to other people. And so this isn't about you taking a big jump over here. This is about simply having one foot in and then just changing your position and your pivot. Some of you need to, are ready to pivot right now. The enemy has a lie over you that says if you move your feet that you're disqualified. And uh, so I just release that permission in the room right now in Jesus' mighty name. And, uh, and how many are ready for some upgrade? Come on, if you receive that word, say, I receive it.